When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, Tom Cronin, and he's a transformation coach. He's also a meditation teacher, and he's a creative entrepreneur. He's an author and a filmmaker, and he's got a fantastic story spending years in finance as a broker on a trading room floor, and we'll talk about that and how he's into the work he's doing today. And I'm really excited about the conversation and love talking to creatives. So, Tom, welcome. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me along today. Yeah. So, kind of set the stage, tell the audience, you know, where you got started. It looks like you were in investment banking or finance and, you know, you had that experience. So, talk about that and how it led you to do what you're doing today. Yeah, I was on a trading room floor, uh, trading billions of dollars of swaps and bonds on international markets. Very Wolf of Wall Street, I started back in the same year that Jordan Belfort from Wolf of Wall Street started his career. So it was crazy times back then. And I was young and I even got swept into the culture and the lifestyle of that type of environment. Mm. And before long, I was doing a lot of partying, a lot of drugs, a lot of drinking. And the interesting thing is that my body was giving me cues all along that it didn't like what I was doing. And this is what Mm. the body does that creates symptoms and the symptoms are mechanisms to guide us. But I just didn't listen to them. I didn't, you know, hear the guidance that it was giving me. So I just kept doing the same thing. But eventually I had a really dark night. Uh, It was a very difficult time. I was having a lot of anxiety, a lot of panic attacks, a lot of depression. And Mm. this sort of culminated into what eventually led to like a full blown nervous breakdown at the age of 29, which is kind of crazy that uh-huh. this you know grown man at 29 was having this sort of mental breakdown and uh. that was really just you know self-induced through the lifestyles uh, lifestyle choices that i was making um but it was in that time that i came across meditation you know i was seeing doctors and put on medication and talking to psychologists psychiatrists but at that time you know when i found meditation and it wasn't something that many people had talked about or anything that i'd come across in my life it was 1996 and so Meditation wasn't a big thing back then, but for me, it was a game changer and it really did change my life was actually transcendental meditation or also known as Vedic meditation. And that really turned things around. So interestingly, to cut that story short, I went back into my job uh, as a broker and continued on for 16 more years, but just meditating and being um, not taking the same um, sort of lifestyle choices that I used to, you know, doing Mm -hmm. yoga, meditation, going away on retreats. And so life became very successful as a broker using those techniques and tools. And then eventually I decided I wanted to leave and become a teacher. So that's where I'm now. Very fascinating because I think uh, Ray Dalio, he talks about how transcendental meditation helps him. And um, it's really interesting how you got on the ground level. And, you know, back then it was kind of, you know, closing your eyes and breathing or mantra or, you know, a sound. And then this was supposed to change the way. And now it's, you know, that's revolutionary, but now it's, um, you know, very commonly accepted practice in yoga and getting into your body. Um, 
it really reminds me of, you know, because you know, how the body leaves clues and, you know, kind of like, you know, it's either, you know, could be disease or anxiety, panic attacks, um, really fascinating. So, so one thing is talking about is um, there's this mantra in the world. It's like if you're in investment banking, if you're a doctor, lawyer, um, you cannot be spiritual, uh, success, you know, it's all about the money. How do you reconcile success and spirituality coming together? Yeah, I think we firstly need to redefine what success is. You know, most of the time when we hear that word success, the first thing most people would think of would be financial. And then the second thing they would think of would be career. Um, but what we don't really think of is the degree of fulfillment. And the ironic thing is that what we're looking for in financial success and what we're looking for in career success is fulfillment. So if we cut straight to the chase and find fulfillment first, and there's a beautiful Sanskrit quote, Yogastha Kuru Kamani, which means established in being, perform action. So what they're saying being is another word for fulfillment, to be fulfilled. And there's an essence within us, which is a, a bubbling up from within of love, bliss and joy, which is the essence of fulfillment. Those are the three things that we're really looking for in life, love, bliss and joy. And mm. we don't get them in the career. We don't get them in our money. We don't get them even in our relationships their vessels or containers that can activate bliss, love and joy, but they're very fleeting, unsustainable, and obviously quite often in the process of trying to get them, we get very stressed, which means that even when we do get them, and if you look at anyone that's got lots of success financially or career, a lot of them actually still struggling with things like anxiety, depression, or, or they just get stressed on a regular basis. So mm. we really want to change our relationship with what success is and change our sense of values. Um, and success really is a deep knowingness of who you are a deep connection with your inner being and a deep sense of love bliss and joy and then from being successful then go out into a career then go and create money then go and find a relationship to express your love bliss and joy into um, and so it's about putting the horse before the cart uh, so that's how i would then find spirituality and success actually infuse into one and i don't think we can really well we can and that causes suffering but if we do bring spirituality and success together we have a much more fulfilling life but a lot of the struggle we have in the world is because people are separating spirituality and success at the moment in the world and that's why we have a lot of um, pain and suffering yeah, because I, I see this a lot in my colleagues. It's like they're on that perpetual treadmill. They have, like, outwardly, they're so successful. They have everything. And if they stop, they're like, oh, I can't stop because then that'll I'll get behind. And, you know, it's like they have to keep going, even at the detriment of their relationships or their body or their health, their kids. And it's quite interesting because I see a lot of um, doctors in my field, they they experience what you did and then they leave. But you actually use spirituality to thrive and flourish in a career. And so talk about that because you talked about first getting fulfillment and then using spirituality to succeed. So talk about that. Yeah, so a lot of people think of spirituality as something that you have to exclude yourself from the world. And that has been the domain for thousands of years. But we're seeing this really exciting time where spirituality is infusing into the integrated life where people who are what we call householders that have jobs and relationships and financial commitments um, 
are becoming more spiritual. And even Ray Dalio, the world's largest hedge fund manager who manages $180 billion worth of assets in Bridgewater Associates, he tweeted that meditation was the key ingredient to whatever success he's had. Oprah Winfrey, obviously a very successful woman, she said that it is from that space you create your best work and your best life. She's talking about the space of stillness in meditation. They both do transcendental meditation. And what mm-hmm. they're talking about here is that spirituality isn't some renunciant sort of Buddhist monk with robes and sitting in <laughs> lotus position. Spirituality is being able to access a bursting field of infinite possibility, infinite potential and infinite creativity. So when we start to become more spiritual, we actually become much more creative. And when we become more spiritual, we actually become more inspired to express that creative potential through our being into action. Um, It's really interesting that, yes, some people, very, very few people will be drawn to the monastic life and not feel compelled to express that creative possibility into action. And they just want to sit in a monastery and there's nothing wrong with that if that's what they're called to do. But what I tend to find with people that start meditating, particularly a lot of my students, is that they get incredible creative impulses. They feel this incredible urge to create and manifest and do wonderful things, and they become very, very successful. And I say to all of my students, just take some word of caution because you most likely will become very successful in your life. Two reasons. One is that you'll open up your mind into the field of mind where infinite possibility and infinite creativity exists and get incredible downloads. And the second thing is you'll remove that stress response that overwhelm that we get when we get too challenged by the circumstances of life. And so when we're expressing inactivity, a lot of people are so overwhelmed, so tired, so stressed, so anxious that that impairs their ability to express fully. But if we take that stress response away and that expression means you're kind of like that Everready battery where you just keep going and keep going and keep going. And you find that, um, yes, you have these beautiful moments of respite, like your meditation twice a day. You know, yesterday I meditated, went and sat on the jetty in the sunset and had a swim in the ocean. Um, You'll tune into your body's need to replenish. But when your replenishment time is over, your ability to be creative and efficient and successful is much, much, much more dynamic. So, yeah, I think it's a really exciting time where we're bringing spirituality and success together now, and that's going to make the world a a phenomenal place. Yeah, and when you were describing this beautiful uh, response, it kind of reminds me because, like, you you can use meditation for so many different things. You can use it to find fulfillment. You can actually use it to find creative inspiration. You know, reminds me of the um, the TV series Billions, where uh, Wendy Rhodes is helping the traders like access the flow and that creative, like, to actually you know make money for Bobby Axelrod. You know, uh, you know whether that's good or bad, but. Um, you know, this creative flow. And then you talked about, um, it's really interesting. So you went from broker to meditation and you, now you're doing all this creative work and talk about the portal film and book project come about and what inspired it. Yeah. You know, when I came across meditation, it was such a game changer in my life. You know, it really turned my life around in such a big way on so many levels and really on every level. And I just couldn't believe that the world didn't know about this or wasn't doing this. I was just like, flabbergasted Uh, and this had been around for 5,000 years I was like if this has been around for 5,000 years why is not everyone doing this and so I became a little bit fanatical I've eased 
off that a little bit now <laughs> but i was just like i've got to get this into schools i've got to get this into prisons i've got to get this into organizations i've got to get this into the households of the world because this is a game changer this is really the key to a more integrated more loving more enlightened planet and so my books and the film were just mechanisms that among many mechanisms that i've used along the way social media um you know speaking in front of large organizations every means possible to just let people know that there is a and it's not so much about meditation it's about the human optimization we have greater brain potential we have greater loving potential in our heart we have greater body potential um you know we have greater spiritual potential so um it's about helping humans realize their full potential or fuller potential i don't know if we ever get to full potential but at least realizing the capacity that we have as a human is there, but it does require um, some tweaks to our current model that we have in the world, sitting at home, eating chocolate chip ice cream and watching Netflix all day long or being on Instagram, scrolling through that and smoking vapes. There are other options to living a better life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so the next question is, um, you know, we talked about, you know, just an enlightened planet and, you know, kind of describe what it feels like, what it looks like, or just kind of describe it and, um, and kind of what are the biggest challenges the planet faces right now? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> a big one. Um, we face an existential crisis that is the potential elimination of the human species. You know, mm -hmm. we, we lose 10,000 species a year on this planet and we, we don't blink an eyelid to that very few people wake up very few people wake up with any concern that we lose 10,000 species every year on this planet uh -huh. and yet we could be one of them just we're just another species there's mosquitoes there's amoebas there's ringtail possums there's tasmanian devils you know and there's humans and so we're just another species we're another animal that's coexisting on the planet and there's a high probability and high possibility that we could eliminate ourselves through our own actions and that could be through um, nuclear. It could be possibly through environment. I don't know if that's got the full potential to eliminate us completely, but it certainly has the ability to misplace us a lot. Um, we have all sorts of food issues. We have um, chronic health issues. We have um, issues like um, obviously AI is probably the biggest risk to humanity now. Um, so we've got a lot of things on the horizon that could be major detriment to us existing on this little ball of dust um but what does an enlightened planet look like an enlightened planet looks like humans that think a lot more intuitively think a lot more interconnectedly that mm -hmm. feel interconnectedly um mm -hmm. when we transcend in meditation we transcend our own individualized egoic identity which is very separate and segregated from other and that's mm -hmm. why we're in this constant state of I need that from you to make me feel better. I need that from there to make me feel better because we have this very segregated experience of life that I'm a completely individualized being and I don't mm -hmm. coexist with anything else. And then other things are just sources of my fulfillment or love. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the greatest, um, I think, causes of the suffering on the planet. But when we transcend that experience of individualized form and segregatedness, yeah and become part of a unified field, which is something at a quantum level is being validated now. And mystics have been talking about this for thousands of years. And this is a beautiful time where spirituality and quantum physics are converging. But what we start to experience is an interconnectedness 
with all things. And so we make very different decisions because we see other as an extension of ourself. And we feel as the field feels love, which is the essence of the field. The other is, is a sense of us, which is just love. And so we, we act differently. We create differently. We build businesses differently. And um, it's very hard to harm other when other is an extension of you. It's just like getting a hammer with the hand and hitting your foot. You just wouldn't do that because even though the hand hits the foot and they're two separate things, they're part of one whole body and the whole body feels the pain. So we create a very different world when humans are enlightened. And I think the key to making a very different world is to get people enlightened. I love that. And I think, I think more and more people are becoming enlightened. I think it's called woke culture. And um, just, I think, especially after 2020, when we know a pandemic and now with a, you know, a deep freeze or just prolonged, you know, heat or drought can wipe out our species, you know, take out the food supply, water. Um, and then now the younger generation is waking up and they're starting to speak out against, you know, just, uh, you know, oppression and you know, more diversity and all of that. So um, what's the one thing people can do today to make a difference in their lives? I think the biggest thing that I find, you know, we create what we are, we act from our state of consciousness. So if we want to change how we act, if we want to change what we do, um, I think the best thing is changing our inner state, uh, connecting deeper with our inner state. So for me, it always comes back to meditation. It's the tool that gives us access to a deeper understanding about ourselves, a deeper experience within ourselves. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to change the planet with the same level of thinking that's creating the problems in the first place. So we really need to change our mind, expand our mind. Um, And interestingly, I just want to go back to what you're saying about enlightenment and woke. I think they're two very different things. We just (laughs) want to be careful with that. There is definitely a degree of um, awareness and consciousness coming through in the younger generations and that willingness to think more about the extension of the the society that they're in. Um, We want to be careful of ideologies because in enlightenment, we, we actually think less. And we we um, experience something deeper than thinking. Uh, it's a it's a deep uh, sense of a quiet field of peacefulness. And um, you can be very woke, but it'd be very very unhappy. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas you can be very enlightened and and be be very hard for you to not be very happy. So um, I think meditation and thinking less is going to be a big part of the way we can move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that distinction and not being, you know, tied to one particular ideology and just like a spirituality and just being open. And how can people contact you and find out more about the work that you do and, you know, check out your, the, your um, social medias, et cetera. Instagram. And I love hearing from people. I always respond to all messages. Um, so uh, you can find me at Tom Cronin or one word, T-O-M-C-R-O-N-I-N on Instagram. And my website is the next place to go, um, which is TomCronin.com. It's a very simple. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And for all the audience, um, Tom's resources will be in the links and show notes. Be sure to check out his social media. Give him a like and follow. He's got 73,000 followers on Instagram and you know YouTube and all of these various platforms. Huge thought leader, influencer, and uh, all those will be in the links in the show notes. And with that, thanks so much for a very inspiring and enlightening conversation. It's great to be tuning in with you all. Thanks for listening in, everyone.